0: One of the most popular questions you will get from people today is what is my purpose? Everyone wants to know why they're here and what they're supposed to do with their lives. The question plagues people of all ages but what is the answer? The mystery of human existence lies not in just staying alive but in finding something to live for. Understanding why we're creating what we're supposed to do with the time we have on earth may take a lifetime. Sometimes uncertainty in life makes it more difficult for us to find our purpose. It seems like life has its own plans while we are busy structuring a blueprint of our survival. The desire to have a meaningful existence is innate in all of us. It's the drive behind our late night At the office or early mornings on the practice field or long hours making sure the house and our selfie looks perfect. We want to know that what we do matters, that we're making a difference. And if we don't understand why we're here or what we're made for, we will fill that need with whatever seems right at the time, whatever makes us happy. Despite popular belief, God did not put us on this earth to make us happy. Yes, He does promise a life of abundance enjoying Christ. But too many people have eliminated God from their lives in pursuit of their own happiness at the expense of their purpose. In this episode of Keep 100, we're continuing the conversation on purpose talk about some pitfalls to purpose and keys to discovering your purpose. Welcome to Keep it 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight and a real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Keep It 100 with Sean and Krista Smith.
0: Hey, everybody.
1: Hey, we always are always so enjoying our time with you guys. You are truly our favorite people. And we love just releasing another episode because we know we get to connect with our tribe. And thanks for everyone who just consistently gives us shouts out on social media and the DMs that we receive of you guys saying how it's ministered to you, how it's encouraged you, how it's spoken to you. That gives such life to Sean and I. Because, you know, you, you record a podcast, you know, the Shawn on. You record a podcast, we send it out there, but unless we hear back from people, we don't quite know how it lands. So that's always just so encouraging.
0: It really is a unique thing because we're used to looking at the faces of people we minister to. Right. I sit there and I look at your beautiful face, but at the same time, it's almost like I have to imagine all these faces of different people. So I agree with my wife. Thank you for the encouragement. It literally propels us and gives us fuel to keep doing this thing.
1: Yeah, and something else we wanted to throw on the table to you guys, if there's specific topics that you guys want us to address, will you just send us a shout on social media? Um, we're, we'll, we'll even be doing some polls on social media like, hey, what do you guys want to hear? Uh, we'll be taking those polls, but if you want to send us DMs or different things and give us some ideas, we'd love to include some topics you guys have burning within you that you'd love us to hit on the Keep it 100 tribe. Alright, let's talk about where we have been since we've last had an episode.
0: Yep, a minister- Update: We were in New Jersey at the Ministry Network, so there were about 400 pastors, worship leaders, missionaries, itinerants, people that head up uh, nonprofits. We got a chance to minister to them. You and I, and a, a great friends of ours, Don and Donna James, we were the speakers there, and it was really powerful because I, I felt like God used us to really encourage them to speak. As ministers, kind of knowing that struggle, knowing that terrain and uh, God move, we saw miracles, we saw healings. Uh, it, it was really a powerful time.
1: It really was. I was so honored that we were invited and given opportunity to speak to the leaders really leading a movement in the state of New Jersey as a whole. Because if you hit leaders, it really has such a ripple effect for the entire state. And so I was just so humbled at the opportunity. And like you said, we just love Donna, Donna James. They're like the best of the best of leaders. They're just incredible. And we just saw such a humble and a hunger in those leaders and what God did. It really was incredible. And it just felt special. It just felt like such a special time. And then from there, um, I jumped into Bethel Women. And I was so honored that Havela, who she oversees the women's ministry. Havela Cunnington oversees the women's ministry at Bethel Church up in Reading. And that's just about a three-hour drive from the Bay Area where I live. And I was invited to do a wonder night with a bunch of women. I think there was about a thousand women in attendance. And it really was a beautiful night. I feel like more and more the word that I'm describing has, we're just ministering and seeing God encounter his kids is special. I just feel like there's these special moments of encounter where I just feel the father's heart over his kids and it's wrecking me and it's wrecking. I think people (laughs) we're just getting wrecked by God's love and the extravagant love of God. There was freedom. There was deliverance. There was identity that was released. And I was just really, again, I always just feel really humbled that people open up platforms. I, I just never take those for granted. And I recognize, um you know there's a fight sometimes to get up on that platform as a speaker um there's certainly at times a fight for me just to get up there and push through stuff you know just to get up there and really bring the word of the lord Uh, but i always am reminded as i'm standing there seeing god move it's so worth the fight and i don't know i just feel like someone needs to hear that that's a minister that's listening to the podcast today you you got to be reminded it is worth the fight and it might be a season where you've been fighting a little bit more than usual, but I just want to speak hope into your fight. Um, there's purpose in your fight that lives are going to be changed and there is not a, a void over what God has put in you. There's actually like massive purpose and I just want to speak hope over what you're doing. So again, just connected with what God did in Bethel. Um, it's just a really incredible time.
0: Meanwhile, I went up to, uh, the Pacific Northwest and C- greater Seattle area at Sunrise Christian Center. I, I spoke to the men. Uh, we I had two sessions at a men's conference up there and they stayed over Sunday morning. Great it church. Was powerful to be yes. with hundreds of men. Your spiritual father is on staff. Love him. One of the pastors up there at Sunrise Christian yeah. Center. Men just, and one
1: of our intercessors and a dear friend, Noma, is yes, up there. And yes, Eric. Shout out. Husband, yes.
0: To them, and and it was just a powerful time. Men just got honest, got clean before the Lord. God just dealt with us yeah. uh, in the area of purity, in the area of just pursuing God with everything in us. You know, I think one of the most undiscovered mission fields in the in the nations of the world is the masculine heart, and I just so feel that God is really calling men. Obviously, in this hour, God is laying His hands on women. Uh, it is not one gender at the expense of the other, but rather. Men and women coming together, but I just love to see men rise up because you women have been doing it for a while. So I'm always glad when men rise up and take uh, their p- position in place and it. just lay down before the Lord.
1: Yeah, so good. And I just I love the relationship we have with the churches we've been ministering at Um such a rich Rich uh, relationship we have with Sunrise Church and the Refuge, which is where I was this past weekend. They are family to us. Jay and Mel Stewart, they're amazing. Terry Fur, who leads women's ministry, again, just a powerhouse. And so it was really cool. I brought my sister with me and we just had an incredible time. I just felt like we went somewhere in the spirit. And it's cool. I can honestly say this every single time I minister at the Refuge in Kannapolis, right outside Charlotte in North Carolina, God does something different. It is one of the houses where I always feel like I tap somewhere different in the spirit and it causes a ripple effect for everywhere I minister after that church. It's very interesting. It's, it's consistently become a place where God has always done like a new thing. And I feel like it's because of what he's doing in that house. It's a very significant house in the nation. And I feel like it really carries um, a heart for racial reconciliation and uh, really a move of God in the East Coast. And so uh, just partnering with what God is already doing in that church is just awesome. So we just saw God blow out the services. I mean, it was a Holy Spirit blowout service. And I got to minister both Saturday morning and Saturday night, and we just saw God move. It was just so powerful. I love getting testimonies, Uh, more testimonies that we get in. Maybe we'll share on the next episode of just things we're hearing back from people. So,
0: Hey, and last week we told you guys that we had a surprise on this episode, we do. Here's our surprise. Okay. Lead up. We got finished and we told you about how the response was for our prophetic masterclass at 2D in, intensive. And so now we want to announce that January 19th, 20th, and 21st of 2023, that's about three and a half months, y'all. We are going to be putting on an event called Momentum. We want to move. This is our surprise. It is going to be a marking. It's going to be a miracle. It's going to be a movement. We have uh, Dr. Sammy Rodriguez, is going to be one of our speakers. Uh, he is a phenomenal pastor and has spoken internationally, a strong voice for revival, a strong voice to the body of Christ. Uh, we have uh, Emma Spark. She has head up uh, a prophetic movement in the UK. She's a mighty prophetess of the Lord. Incredible. Uh, we have Tomi Ariomi. He is also a prophet. He is from the UK, but actually now lives in Nigeria. Powerful. Google him. Come on, somebody. Uh, We have, in addition to that, obviously, Krista and I, we're going to be speakers. We're going to have Matt Gilman. Oh, my God. This guy has led so much worship in IHOP over the years and at big stadium events at the calls. And otherwise, we've connected another good friend. All these people are great friends of ours. We also have Deidre Greathouse. She is amazing, you guys. Oh, my God. She is uh, one of the worship leaders that is for Joel Osteen down at Lakewood in Houston. She is amazing. We have ministered together. She has an anointing for breakthrough. But we just want you to know, obviously, when you give the nomenclature to this, you call these things conferences. But we're saying this is not a conference.
1: Exactly. I was going to say This
0: that. is an outpouring. This is an event. We're calling you to come to the Bay Area and experience a marking of God That will release something in this region, but release something in you to carry back to your home church. You
1: guys, I cannot tell you how expectant I am in the spirit for this. It is not a conference. It is not just another thing to go to. This is not hype. Really, this came from an encounter from the Lord. We really felt like the Lord said, put a stake in the ground and swing for the fences because revival, do you want it? And we just felt this yes in our spirit that we're going to put a stake in the ground in the state of California. California, but it's bigger than California. It's bigger than the Bay, but really believing for an outpouring, a move of God. And we felt like the Lord said, bring the prophets and begin to declare the word of the Lord because the prophetic breaks things open. So we're bringing in the prophets, we're bringing in Tommy. we're bringing in Sammy Rodriguez, we're bringing in Emma and Sean and I, we're going to declare what God is saying and we're going to see literally, I believe, a heaven open over this region and beyond. And so we're asking nations to gather in the bay. We're asking the states of America to gather in the bay. We're asking people to come to the bay and gather. Can intending for a move of God. And so what we're really believing for at this time is to see something we've never seen before. And so we're believing for the unexpected, the unexplainable. We want to see things we've never seen before. And so we're we're putting it out there. We're just like, we're going for it. And so in what it feels like a lot of people have written off the Bay, um, the California, I just want to tell you, God has not forgotten. California, and he's not written off California. I actually feel, feel feel like it's so strategic that we're doing it in the Bay because of our revival roots. This is where the Jesus People Movement began in the late 60s. We've had massive revival in our roots here in the Bay. Um, we've had massive uh, revival in Southern California with the Azusa Street Revival. We've had Smith Wiggleworth and Catherine Coleman and different amazing giants of the faith come through the bay in decades past and see incredible miracle working power of God move in unprecedented ways. And the wells have gotten stopped up. But guess what? We are unclogging the wells of revival and we are going to see a move of God. And so if you're hungry, like Sean and I, we want you to book your ticket and join us because there's only so many seats truly like we don't have expansion in our building like we only have so many seats and so we're just expecting a packed out place we're expecting God to just like bring the people that are supposed to be at this gathering and so we just believe if you're supposed to be here he's going to speak to you and you're going to come and we're just going to see God move it's going to be i believe super super powerful so if you want more information again it's January 19th the 21st go to shawnandkrisssmith.com register today get all get Get all your stuff organized, your flight, your hotel, all the things. If you're in the bay, get your ticket now uh, because it literally is first come, first serve. It is first comes, first serve. We don't have overflow. Um, and I tell you, you want to be in the building. You want to be in the building. I, I'm grateful for live stream, but I want to be in the building. Like, there's nothing like being in the building. So, I've probably hammered that long enough, but I just, I so believe in it. And I just want you to hear it's different. Like it's just different what God's going to do.
0: Hey, Keep 100 Tribe. Here we are in the Hundo P segment where questions are offered and we give our best at answering these questions. So question number one, how do you define purpose?
1: You know, it's a great question. And I, I really look at purpose like this. Purpose really is the original intent of the mind of the creator that's motivated him to create a particular item, but a better way, I think, to even say that, and maybe a little bit more more digestible for the Kipo Hunter tribe is what is God's intention with what he creates, right? So we can look at you and I as he created us. So therefore the question at hand is what was his intention in creating us? So purpose is not something that you and I create, but rather I believe we pick it up. We step into or we uncover it. And biblically speaking, purpose is something God is always at the center of. Either we're chasing, fulfilling, being guided by his purpose, or we're avoiding it, making substitutions with our own, desires. Purpose is to listen to and then step in line with the thoughts of God. And one of the most powerful aspects of this definition is that it exists completely outside of ourselves. And And I love that because purpose isn't us. It is what God has created us for in him. So purpose is not something that originates inside of us. It's not something we create. Instead, it's something that God has and what we're invited into.
0: I totally agree with that, Boo. I think, you know, we're trying to find our own calling, trying to find our own purpose. It's wrong to go about it if we do that in a vacuum, because we have to have the mind of Christ. We have to depend upon our creator, our manufacturer, because he knows how he made us. So what we're really trying to do is uncover God's original thought about us this is what the point that you brought. up. I love that. So what did God have in mind when he created us? So the family he put you in, the gender he made you, the placement he had, all of these things, not in the way of a limitation or lid, but they're significant because God did that for a reason. Obviously, your gender is something that's super significant in order to fulfill the purpose of God. And that's why I think there's such a war against gender right now is the enemy's coming after people's purpose. You know, you can eke out an existence without knowing your purpose, But you cannot fully live a life that Jesus in the Bible says, I've come that you may have life life more abundantly. You can't have abundant life without fulfilling the purpose of God. You can't please God if you spend your time on earth ignoring his purpose and his thoughts about us. And I would go so far as to say, until you can discover your purpose, your existence would have no meaning. Solomon brings out this truth in the book of Ecclesiastes. Read that sometimes, y'all. Because purpose is the source of fulfillment. I want to say it again. Purpose is the source of fulfillment. Success is not purpose. Because success without purpose is life without meaning. What purpose is not, because I think you cannot really talk about what something is in a way of a definition without saying what it's not. it's not. Because oftentimes when you misinterpret uh, terminology, abuse, Often follows it. So, what let me tell you what purpose isn't. Purpose is not to be confused with talent. Talent is so much easier to identify than purpose. You're born with a talent, let's say, to cook some slime and food, to barbecue, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's your purpose. Like you may have a handyman kind of ability, but fixing your houses and repoing houses may not be your purpose. Maybe you can twirl a baton on a ball. Kudos to you if you can, but that doesn't necessarily mean your purpose is the circus. So, do not confuse talent talent with purpose which I think is a big confusion amongst a lot of people today.
1: You know, I think that's really well said baby because we both know purpose is not necessarily something you've wanted to do since you were a little kid, right? Although that does happen for some people, it's actually pretty rare. There can be se- some seeds of your purpose and the aspirations you have as a kid, but they're merely hints and not predictions, right? Purpose is not the same thing as your career, although your career may be an extension of your purpose. Career is how you make a living, but your God And purpose is how you make a difference. And you will often change careers, but your purpose is lifelong, and that won't change, right? And so, Acts 13 36, this is when David, and I love this, it says, when he had served the purpose of God in his generation, he was then buried with his fathers. And they didn't list his exploits or all his achievements. Instead, they focused that David lived out the purpose of God over his life. And when the purpose of God was completed over his life, that's when the Lord took him home. And I think that's such a powerful example of when we live out who God has called us to be, that's when the purposes of God are satisfied. That's when I feel like the Lord will take us home. It's like purpose complete.
0: You know, I think that's so powerful, Boo, because I, I remember reading about Miles Moreau, a phenomenal teacher, an ambassador to the gospel, went to be with the Lord. He said that the graveyard is the richest place on planet earth because so many people died with their purpose still in them. And I'm challenged by what you said in Acts 13, 36 by David that he, serve the purpose of God's generation then we begin in the cradle we end in the grave there's a dash in between and that dash is our opportunity to fulfill our purpose and time is ticking. And sometimes when you're young, you don't know, think like that. And when you're older, you begin to think like that. But the idea is that you want to maintain God's purpose on your heart and keep that as a guideline. So, question number two What are some of the pitfalls to walking in
1: purpose? I love that question because I think this is really important for us to kind of have a heads up as to what can be a pitfall when you're trying to walk in your purpose. I would say, number one, worrying too much about what other people think. Yeah. You know, and I, I've struggled with this in my life. I think every 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 single person has at different seasons of their life, and hopefully, as you get older and you mature, this becomes less and less of an issue. But certainly, when I was younger, and I think that's really natural and normal—you're trying to kind of find your legs, so to speak, in the spirit, trying to figure out who you are. And and some, I think, a lot of people say, especially younger people, are like, "I don't care what what someone thinks about me. I don't care what anyone says." And they say that, but their actions actually don't confirm that. So we actually we have to look at: do your actions or lack thereof say otherwise? So if so ask yourself, why do I care what others think then? There will always be naysayers. There's always going to be a critic. There's always going to be a hater Breach. in this world, unfortunately. I wish that wasn't true, but it is, right? There's always going to be someone that feels bad about themselves and wants to make you feel bad. There's always someone that is demonically inspired and wants to go after someone who's walking out the call of God in their life. But we have to learn how to go higher and learn to ignore them and really recognize their issue actually is not about us. You know, and this, we see this again in David. Come on, David's such a good example for this podcast episode, right? You can just pull so many pieces of his life as example. David refused to take on Saul's armor because David understood if I'm going to die, I'm not going to die a counterfeit. He understood going into the battle of Goliath. He had to do it as David. He couldn't put on the armor of Saul. He couldn't be someone else because he understood he wasn't going to get breakthrough if he wasn't David. He had to be David and who God called David. To be in order to defeat the Goliath. He couldn't be David wearing Saul's armor, trying to be King Saul so good. and get breakthrough. He could only get breakthrough by being who God anointed him to be because by being David, he was, in a sense, the weakest form, which actually gave greater glory to God. And I think that that's really important that sometimes we feel like we have to walk into a situation really strong and all pulled together. That's not true. We just got to walk into a situation and circumstances and who we are in Christ, even in our lack and even in our weakness, and we see God be amazing. So you don't walk in purpose trying to mimic someone else's life or be something you're not. I think we have to understand we can't live as slave to other people's opinions of us or hope to fulfill God's purpose for our lives, if we're trying to be popular all the time or cool all the time or the latest and the greatest, the hippest and the coolest, there will come a time then when we will make a wrong decision to remain popular rather than make a right decision to please God, which really means you have a price. And if you have a price, friends, I want someone to really catch this. If you have a price, you will be bought.
0: That is so profound. Oh my goodness. You know, pitfall number two to walk in your purpose is that you don't stress yourself. I see that often uh, in in a lot of people, and it really crosses generations. It's not just unique to one generation over another. In order to achieve great things, you have to be willing to get uncomfortable because nothing amazing ever happens in your comfort zone. Think about it. It's actually the discomfort zone. I want to preach this. I hope this catches on. This becomes a hashtag discomfort zone. It's the discomfort zone that's your sweet spot. Let that become like you're saying. The discomfort zone. That's when Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water the discomfort zone, that's where David took out Goliath. Mm -hmm. The discomfort zone, that's where Peter reached out and told a guy, hey, rise up and walk. Paul saw faith on a man. Peter shadows healing for The book of Acts is a discomfort zone. It's that place when you're feeling out of your element, but it's also the place that you're in the element of God. And it's compelling you so strongly at that moment that the truth be told, going back is not an option, And when I think about this pitfall, why people don't stretch themselves, is, here's the truth. God is bigger than your butt. Now that's a one T butt, y'all. I'm not trying to be cute. But God <laughs> is bigger than your butt. How often you hear people say, or, or even you may say to yourself, I know that God has a plan for me, but, and you can just fill in the blank, I'm not experienced enough, or I'm too far gone, or I'm too old, or I'm divorced, or I'm single, or I've failed before, or I don't make enough money, or, I'm not educated, or I'm too educated. People always have these butts that are in the way, and so they don't stretch themselves. Or, I'd love to live my purpose, but I can't give up my job. I hear that a lot, particularly in the area in which we live. Or, I'd like to save my marriage, but you don't know what that other person has done to me. There's the but again. The problem with all of these common phrases is that but negates everything that precedes it. The fastest way out of doubt, listen, keeping 100 Tribe, is to take some kind of action. Do something. Anything. God won't get things rolling for you, nor will he keep them rolling without your participation. Our Lord said to the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. That's going to be found in Matthew 12, 13. And as soon as he did it, he was healed. And he had to start the process by stretching out his hand. Then God carried him the rest of the way. Let me just say again, friends, God is bigger than your butt. Begin to stretch yourself and get out of the comfort zone.
1: My goodness, that was so good. I mean, you were in preach there for a moment. I was like waving my hand. No one could see it, but I was like cheering you on. That was so good. Hey, friends, we're going to jump into the Keep It 100 takeaways, and we're asking the question today, how do you find your God-given purpose? You know, finding purpose isn't a superficial acquisition. Facts. You know, so then, you know, we have to ask the question, This, how do you go about finding your purpose then, right? You find it through God's word. Your purpose comes out of relationship with the Lord. Now pause. I know some of you are like, heard that, heard that, Krista. No, no, but do you get it? You can hear it, but do you understand it? I want that to take root within you. The only place, friends, you are going to find your purpose is not in your group of friends, not the church you even belong to, as wonderful as those two things may be, not even in your career or as in your wonderful marriage. I have a marriage I love. I have the man of my dreams, but I can't find my purpose in him. I can only find my purpose in. God, And so we have to understand our identity, the only place you and I are going to find that, and I'm connecting that with purpose because the two are married and understanding that can only be found in the Lord. I believe there's some people that are listening today. You've been wondering like, okay, God, there's got to be more. There is in him. Okay, God, you've called me to more. Lord, what are you really calling me to my life? You're going to find the answers in him. You have to remember, you and I, come on, I want to speak this over your life. I want to speak this over your identity as you're listening. You are created for God's glory. You're created to praise God. You're created to worship Him. You're created to preach the gospel. You're created to see the captives set free. You're created to see the miraculous. You're created to experience God and to see God move through you and in you. A lot of people want to know the answer to the question of how do I find my purpose? And we also have to remember, sometimes purpose finds you.
0: Here are some subtle ways. That's so great. Here are some subtle ways that God can use you and addition to the word scripture to connect you to purpose. Number one, keep it 100 takeaway is clues. Purpose leaves clues literally all over the place. I remember back in the day, some of y'all remember blues clues, right? The little dog, and the little <laughs> dude, and they have blues clues. It's kind of like a little, almost like a Sesame Street thing. Uh, it's like that, but not like that, okay? What I what I'm saying is I, I'm convinced God will purposely leave clues for you to find your purpose. But I believe you have to be on the lookout for him. You almost have to be a detective. You got to be part Sherlock who notices the little details in life. You have to be an observer. You need to be expectant because expectancy always pulls on Revelation and the Miraculous. You got to expect that a loving God who created you for a purpose that you could walk out your destiny wants to speak to. You need to expect that. He's longing to talk to you. You need to expect him to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll do it. It's not that difficult. And when I say clues, what I mean is pay attention to all the clues that come to you. Here are some ideas. Maybe in the form of a scripture verse that begins to jump out, and you you that's your pet scripture. That's the scripture you resonate with. It, it may be some things you've highlighted in your Bible. it may These clues may come by someone pointing out something that you do with excellence and so effortlessly that you don't even consider. You've not even stopped and considered that it's a God-given talent with purpose attached to it. It may be whispering to you in, in forms of your secret desires, the things that you love to do. Obviously, it's godly. Obviously, it's biblical. That's a given. But perhaps you dare not tell anyone else. It may be that you hear it and it, it kind of grips your heart in a sermon, a principle that you read in a book, a message that lights a spark inside of you. This is the type of stuff that the Holy Spirit does to stir you. And a great example of this is found in Scripture, a verse that speaks to it is Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works in you to will, and to work according to its purpose. So it's like God is working inside of you and he's given you clues so you could begin to want it and you could begin to partner with his good purpose of your life. Philippians again, 2.13.
1: The second keep Hunter takeaway of how do you find your God-given purpose is passion. Passion is God often trying to get our attention through something we feel passionate about. If we'll pay attention to our passions, we could find them revealing divine purpose to us. You know, it may be, a specific cause that gets you fired up, or maybe it's a passion of a particular subject. You just can't get enough of it and you become engrossed in it in every opportunity, or maybe you feel drawn to a particular nation or even a people group, and maybe God's calling you to them. Maybe there's a specific need or social injustice that stirs you to make a difference, but I want to tell you, pay attention to your God-given sanctified passions. When you pay attention to those sanctified passions in our lives, we look at what draws us, what awakens us, what gets us to excited about what God's put in, it often points to our God purpose.
0: You know, it's so true, Boo, because I think early in my development, I became very passionate about healing. I just love to see people get miraculously healed. I just love... When we'd pray for people as college students, and somebody would go, "Oh my God, the pain is gone," or "Oh my God, I went to the doctor and there's not this thing," and I became passionate when I would read about you know different people uh, whether that was John G. Lake or Smith Wigglesworth or Amy Simple McPherson, Catherine Coleman. I was just so passionate, but it also was an indication that it was a purpose that God put in my life, and even still to this day, as you know, I love praying for the sick. So that is such a great point. The third keeping one hundred takeaway in terms of how to discover your purpose is noticing a need. And this is often something that I think I would say it happens so naturally, organically, that people don't even recognize it. And we see it all the time. For instance, they're biblical characters that discovered God's purpose in them in a very ordinary way uh, when they were made aware of a need and felt burdened about it. Uh, I've heard many different sermons on Nehemiah, have studied it, but Nehemiah saw the condition of a distressed people and they had a torn down walls, which made them vulnerable to enemies. And Nehemiah, in that noticing the need, he was a cup bearer and the dude went from cupbearer to hero in that he went out and he built walls even in the midst of attack, but he did it because he first noticed the need. We know Moses, Moses in Exodus. He happens to be going out. He's raised in the lap of luxury. He's raised as an Egyptian, but he's a Hebrew by birth. He's, he's an Egyptian soldier beating on a fellow Hebrew. And when he saw that need, Moses rose up, struck him, but he knew he was called to be a deliverer because he saw the need. In a more modern historical context, Sojourner Truth, a great African American lady who was a slave herself, she got free and she became born again. And when she sensed the purpose that God had put on her, she changed her name. She wasn't born with the name Sojourner Truth. But in in 1843, after she was convinced that God called her to leave a city, she gave herself the name Sojourner Truth. She went into the countryside testifying the hope that was in her. And she formed the Underground Railroad and helped countless people come out of slavery and find themselves free up in the North. And she also was not only an abolitionist, but she also was a spokesperson for women's rights. But it all happened because she noticed a need. Keep on under Tribe. I just want to speak to the fact that you have to understand that your purpose is not just about stacking paper. Your purpose is not just about looking cute and trying trying. trying to have the alluring eye cast towards you. It's not just about being popular and who could get the most likes and who gets the most whatever, because all those things come and go. But your purpose is something that God created you for. Your life is not your own. It's a gift. And your gift back to the God who gave it is to fulfill the purpose and why he put you on the planet. That again, your purpose isn't stacking paper. Your purpose isn't trying in some way to garner some sort of celebrity status. Your purpose is to live a lifestyle of obedience to the reason why God put you on a planet. And instead of stacking paper, you're stacking exploits because the God who stands with you will see that you live a miraculous life and your life will be used to echo in the chambers of eternity as you impact people's lives and leave a legacy.
1: Thanks so much for tuning into the Keep It 100 podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and refer us to your friends. And be sure to click that subscribe button so that you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop. Help us get the word out. Share this link on your social media platforms and check us out at seanandchristasmith.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Ministries. We would love to hear from you on how this podcast has impacted you. So be sure to show us some love.
0: Hey, keep it one hundred tribe. You do not want to miss our next episode. It is going to be amazing. And remember, relief may change your circumstance, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram and at seanandkristasmith.com, where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.